can we be the dragon dudes? <laughs> and our counterpart is the dungeon dudes. Let's let's do this. Let's get started. Let's uh, I think the stream is officially warm. The hands hamstrings are loosened, loosened. <laughs> the loosh. Using, <laughs> using the jet black loosh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> here we are. Thursday nights. This is feather fall. As I'm slobbering, Jesus, get it together. <laughs> Sorry. This is Featherfall Table Talk, and uh, it, yeah, I'm still working with that name, uh, and we're Featherfall Tabletop, and we're going to talk tonight about some more Unearthed Arcana. This is the last of the six different subclasses that came out. We've covered the two, uh, the Sorcerer, Aberrant Mind, and the Warlock, Lurker in the Deep. Those were pretty fun to look at and break apart and kind of shop some ideas here. We'll do the same thing tonight. I did, think we might get through both. Did we, we talk the about the? Did we talk about the monk and the barbarian? I think we, we did. did not. I think we did at Briefly. a high level. Like it wasn't the in depth yeah. that we're doing with the aberrant right. mind and yeah. the lurker in the deep. So exactly. So, but they're out there. Check them out. Um, surveys are up for those four on uh, Dungeons and Dragons website. Uh, so if you played them, like do the survey. Uh, but we're going to talk about the two tonight, uh, the Bard, College of Eloquence, and the Paladin Oath of Heroism. But before we do that, we are Featherfall Tabletop. We just finished up Waterdeep Dragon Heist, getting ready for some homebrew stuff. Uh, DM Bob over there, he's going to run us through some homebrew stuff. We did say goodbye to a, a close and dear friend uh, last night on game. Nothing... He did die. He did not he die. Didn't die. Right. That's so weird. People freak out when you say stuff like that. But he's he's uh he's he's moving on. He's doing some stuff. Um, but if I don't want to go in too much, watch the episode. You know, that's gonna get you all that uh the feedback. We do have a special announcement for next Wednesday's game, but I'll save that. Um, we do have our second campaign on the channel, The Gods We Know, is taking a week off, but they did their session zero. Um, that'll be out podcast here pretty soon. Uh, you can always watch the VOD here on Twitch. That's coming up. They will take a week off and then start session one. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Like I said before, tons of creative folks there uh, coming together and making some cool stories. So that's going on. We are sponsored by School Splitter Dice. Link down below. Get yourself some dice, 10% off. Featherfall, Featherfall, right? I, we've yeah. we changed it. It changed, you know, with the change. Uh, so it's Featherfall at checkout. Get yourself 10% off. We are also sponsored by Found Familiar Coffee. Uh, check them out as well. Uh, do we have a link link for them? We haven't got yeah. them linked on no. the page yet. It's not on the page, but, but if you go to foundfamiliar.com slash hashtag, forget the hashtag, Featherfall, that will take you to our affiliate page, and you can get some coffee. Use the promo code Featherfall. For some discount too. Yep, get it done. Uh, help them out. We get a little kickback. That uh, it's all good stuff. Great for the community. Uh, and it's coffee. Like everybody loves coffee. I love coffee. I'll also so, say we're nearing the end of September. So oh yeah. If you haven't, if it's the first time, you can use your sub and get half off. So it still helps us. It donates yeah. a little bit to somebody else. I think it's all good stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. It actually may be over. We may have missed it by a day or two. So yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but there we are. Uh, again, if you're in chat right now, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being here. Let's let's just jump in. I say we do right away. <laughs> uh, yeah, right away. As as we've done for the last two, we did like I said the uh, the sorcerer and the warlock. Let's just jump in. I'll start by reading the kind of breakdown, uh, the flavor text of this particular college for the Bard, and that is the College of Eloquence. Adherents of the College of Eloquence master the art of oratory. Persuasion is regarded as a high art, and a well-reasoned, well-spoken argument often proves more powerful than objective truth. These Bards wield a blend of logic and theatrical wordplay, winning over skeptics and detractors with logical arguments, and plucking at heartstrings to appeal to the emotions of entire audiences. What do you think of that flavor text so far? Um, I mean, it's just it's a bard. Like that's a bard, <laughs> to be honest. Right. Like, oh hey, look, a bard, a bard is right? being a bard. Yeah, I'm going to be charismatic. So I think <laughs> I I'm hoping it kind of breaks out of it gives us a little more than just bard things. 
you know, like when you look at some of the other colleges, you get a little bit more. You get to dive into, you know, you can either be a, a good fighter, like the valor, the lore, the glamour, you know, the, you get some bits that kind of detract out, like uh, not detract, but kind of fan out. Right. And so break away from just one, the charismatic talking. One thing that instantly stands out is the fact, the, the difference. So, so if you were to take the aberrant mind and the bard college of eloquence and just compare them the aberrant mind is like its own role play like it is mm -hmm. this deep fantasy you yeah. know you were touched by an alien right <laughs> yeah um but then like this kind of just comes in it's like hey look a new bard college that is exactly what a bard is anyways right. and it's just more bard stuff like it doesn't well, it doesn't give you that same hook as like the yeah. aberrant mind or the lurker in the deep yeah i think this so far i think this is going to play out to a very specific kind of game you know a, a heavy role play game uh one where you got uh a lot of your players like to monologue and, and you know kind of keep the words going that's going to help them out but it also i'd like the last little bit in this uh introductory pieces plucking at heartstrings to appeal to the emotions of entire audiences so going back to the like uh rhetoricians of old using like ego or ethos pathos and logos trying to get those emotions drawn out and get you persuaded that way i like that idea i think i think there's something there and for the right player i think this is going to be a great role for you um so like bard colleges you get your stuff at level three so you're going to have those first two levels of bard to kind of figure out who you are and and kind of uh, you know what kind of player you're going to be where where you want to be uh those first two levels you do get your inspiration some expertise and jack of all trades so heading into level three you get your bard college and the first thing we get here is universal speech uh you have gained the ability to speak and reason with any creature as a bonus action, you can expend one of your uses of Bardic Inspiration. When you do so, roll your Bardic Inspiration die and choose a number of creatures within 60 feet of you that you can see equal to the roll. Uh, for 10 minutes, the, the chosen creatures can magically understand you regardless of the language you speak, and you have advantage on charisma checks made to influence them. This feature works even if the creatures don't speak any language. So that's going to be a D6 at level 3. I think at level 5, it goes up to D8, and then eventually getting up to a D12. So you can get up to six creatures communicating with you, or being able to communicate with them. So having uh, enough... So those those moments where you're, you encounter something is like, who speaks Draconic, or who speaks Goblin? And everybody looks at their character sheet, right? <laughs> Nobody does. Okay, shit, we're, we're screwed. So this could come in and kind of alleviate some of that. And for 10 minutes, that's a long time. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a long time in initiative. Sometimes that role play, like, 10 minutes might move super fast. But what do you think about this universal speech? I think it's great. Um, it, it, you know, it kind of gives you the... Uh the quick tongue of, of bards that they should mm -hmm. be, right? Um, so it, it's just, it's interesting that it just says, okay, you can speak to anything and everything, and you're going to mm -hmm. get advantage on persuading them. I mean, I like it. I think it fits yeah. with what it's trying to go with. Right. Um, yeah. it, it almost makes me feel like this is uh, like a used car salesman to an extent. <laughs> um, and I think of our very own D-Doug. Uh, yeah, thanks, Doug. But it, it makes you think like somebody who's a con man to an extent. I, right. I think that's where this this is going to fit in the niche of, uh huh. You know, I, I think so. You're giving yourself that safety net for these social encounters to kind of make uh, get the 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 fates on your side. You know, to be able to uh, give what you want and like a used car salesman. Uh, so uh, <laughs> at third level, you do get one more thing. It's called soothing words. You can cast Calm Emotions without expending a spell slot. You can use this feature a number, number of times equal to your Charisma modifier, and you regain these on a long rest. So Calm Emotions, again, you're going to get a mob of of creatures calmed down for uh, at least a minute. Um, so Charisma modifier is going to be what, two or three? Probably, probably three. Um, probably. You know? um, I mean, 
I think as a bard, charisma is probably your number one stat that you're going to put in. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, So, I mean, you you add this to... uh, So, okay, you add this to, like, some of your beginning skills anyways. So the jack-of-all-trades skill that you get right at the start Mm -hmm. of a bard, um, which just... So those of you that don't know, starting at second level, you can add half your proficiency bonus rounded down to any ability check you make that doesn't already include your proficiency bonus. So maybe you don't want to dump this into, like, all of the, you know, charisma-based stats out there. I mean, then you get advantage on those already. It's going to be, it's, I mean, it's good. I think it's, it's, this instantly is going to be a better roleplay than a better like combat. So if you're into a more mm-hmm. of a roleplay right. campaign, and I can speak, you know, pretty highly of that because that's how we play. Um, this is going to be for you. Whereas if you're into more of a combat game, I, I don't know. Yeah, you might want to skip this one. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, bards can still. I mean, this that this calm emotions might be a good kind of crowd control. I mean, you charm uh, a few creatures or you frighten uh, a few creatures. That kind of levels can level the playing field, get some of your the other characters coming in and uh, doing what they do because you've kind of, you know, lessened uh, the threat level. So, I mean, but with Calm Emotions, though, you know, it, it kind of just, yeah, it does chill. Um, so you attempt to suppress strong emotions in a group of people. So I'm, I am reading this so for people that don't exactly know. Each humanoid within a 20-foot radius. So each humanoid. Okay, that that matters. So... And you can choose to charm or frighten them. And then when the spell does end, so this lasts up to one minute, uh, they do become hostile yeah, and they, they know hostile. you did this. So, yeah. I mean... I, I'll say, being able to cast any spell at will, up to you know X number of whatevers, yeah. um, is great. It, it, it is a nice right. little feature. It probably won't get used to the extent that most will, you know, others could use. I think calm emotions is great. But how many times are you going in to just pick a fight, mm-hmm. and then just chill out in a long rest? So maybe once, like it's it's right. You know, at, so. I'm, so far, I'm kind of underwhelmed here. I, I think because at level three, yeah, you'll have some spells and you have your expertise, but this I don't know. I'm not I'm not super excited at this. So I'm looking at another college, College of Whispers, which I think these two kind of they run parallel to each other pretty closely. Yeah. Um, at level three, for College of Whispers, you get Psychic Blade and Words of Terror, and those are going to do some. Uh, I think those are a little more mind messing with their mind and and controlling a situation on less of a, a grand scale, more of like individual. I'm going to work this individual. But is that is that needed? So I, I think a bard base is already a pretty strong class. It is a pretty yeah. utilitarian class where you can do yeah, yeah. much of anything. You can cast spells. You can do some combat. You can do you know, the persuasion and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Whereas, like, a tank, you're a tank, dude. Like, yeah. so if you're a barbarian, you're dumb and you're just going to attack stuff. Yeah. Like, where a bard is, you can outwit stuff. So is this needed just to add more more depth to the class? Just to add some, you know, difference to the class? Yeah. I don't know. And I don't know how... I mean, we talked about scaling the other night with uh, some of the other subclasses. I don't know how... I think bards, do they peak early? Do they peak late? You know, this is this is leaving me hoping that I get some, some uh, heavy stuff coming up next. Fourth level, you get your ability score. Fifth level, you get your bardic inspiration goes to a D8, so that's going to help your uh, uh, calming of the crowd. You do get some font of inspiration. And then at sixth level, you get the next uh, college feature. Um, and that's undeniable logic. And you can spin words laced with magic into a knot of reasoning that can be encouraging or impossible to follow. As a bonus a- action, you can spend one of your uses of bardic inspiration. So at this point, you've gotten an ability score improvement, so you're probably at like four 
maybe maybe five if you roll high. Four to five, yeah. yeah. Uh, bits of inspiration that you could do. So when you do so, choose a creature you can see within sixty, within sixty feet of you that can hear you. Then roll your bardic inspiration die and choose one of the following. So you could choose the number of creature. When you do so, choose a creature you can see. Choose a creature, one creature. Then roll your bardic inspiration die. Okay. The creature. So you could choose the creature to take psychic damage equal to the number you roll. Okay, so that's what the roll's for. So, uh, you know, up to a d8 at this point. So they could take up to a d8 of psychic damage. And the creature has to succeed an intelligent saving throw uh, or have disadvantage on their next saving throw until the end of your next turn. So again, that's going to pair well with uh, you know that wizard that's having them deck save, fireball, whatever sure. it is. Uh, you you kind of you are setting them up for the wizard to knock them down. Um, you can also choose the creature. Okay, so this is like uh, for your allies. You can choose the creature to regain hit points equal to the number you rolled, and the creature has advantage on the next saving throw. So you get you get those choices like do I do I want to be do I want to attack or do I want to like help my party. Uh, I think that's that's a great position to be in. It kind of you know you got to be a little more tactical. It's not just railroaded. You do this. You have an option. So Ink Ink brings up something interesting in the chat. You know those D and D players that are not extroverts, that are not super outgoing, that don't want to sing, that aren't the Scanlins or you right. know the yeah. the Sam. Regal, God, my brain just doesn't work on that anymore. That aren't the same Regals of the world. Yeah. Maybe this is for you. Maybe this gives you the ability to just kind of be a quiet player, but you can be a you know a, an, an intelligent person that maybe yeah you just you create a compelling argument yeah. rather than having to sing to inspire well, people. We all we all have those people that are in the meeting that don't say very much, but when they do, people listen to them. You know, it's like, it's, it, they're not they're not spewing BS all the time, right. but when they say something, it's, it's poignant, it's thought out. Maybe that's the bard you are, right? You say something that is just to the point, yeah. and it gets, like, immediately people on your side. Okay. That, I mean, that's something I didn't think of before, so. Yeah, because I, I think Critical Role in, in uh, Scanlan Shorthalt uh, has done... A great service to the bards but it's also set that bar really high to be that charismatic player i think we could dial it back and we can yeah. we can create one of our own like we don't we don't have to go to that height or that length let's go length. yeah all right so you don't get a whole lot of college stuff for a whole lot like this is level six you don't get anything until level 14 like how many hours of gameplay Years. I mean, you get other things. I, I don't want to make it seem like you don't. I mean, you get so ability score improvements. You get uh, your bardic inspiration increases. Your song of rest yep. increases. Yep. Um, you gain some expertise. Another, another expertise, which is kind of that's almost one I don't hear enough of of being a great skill to have. Yeah. Like rogues, rogues get it. Bards get it, and it's like all of a sudden you got like a plus seven. But you Plus get eight, two, nine, so you don't just get one. You get two more skills to choose at level 10. Which, okay, that. like I said, bards are kind of jack-of-all-trades. They're right. good, you know, in this giant area. Whereas, you know, barbarians are good at hitting stuff. Um, so maybe, maybe it balances the character by saying, you know what, we're going to wait until 14. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you're just kind of pretty good at everything right so we're gonna hold off on any uh special boons in your college until 14 um so this is infectious inspiration when a creature adds when it <laughs> for some reason i'm struggling on <laughs> the brain isn't working <laughs> <laughs> when a creature adds one of your bardic inspiration dice to its ability check attack roll or saving throw and the roll fails the creature can keep the bardic inspiration die so you don't it's not wasted. In addition, when a creature adds one of your Bardic Inspiration die to its ability to check attack roll or saving throw and the roll succeeds, you can use your reaction to encourage a different creature other than yourself that can hear you within sixty feet, giving it a Bardic Inspiration die without expending any of your Bardic Inspiration uses. 
you can use this reaction a uh, number of times equal to your charisma modifier, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So it's almost this chain lightning of bardic inspiration. So that, that's interesting. And if you left it at the first paragraph, I was going to say, meh. Because, at, again, <laughs> at level 14, your characters are heroes. Your characters yeah, are kind of badasses. And you there's not a ton of checks that you're going to fail. There will be. I mean, there's going to be harder stuff. There's going to be things. There's going to be hard monsters. You know, you fight a... You fight Manchun Simulacrum <laughs> has a fucking DC save of 21. Okay, I get too it. Soon. Um, <laughs> too soon. Um, but then, I'm like, okay, meh. But then you keep reading and adding this, like, chain inspiration. So, okay, it is yeah. a reaction. Like, I get it. So, if you're a meta player and you're going to look at, okay... Person one in the top of the turn order succeeds. I'm going to use my reaction. I'm going to select person two. So now person right. two can do it, in or somebody person further down in the turn order, right? Because you're only getting one reaction per cycle, right? But if you're a meta player and you do that, like that is so helpful to the party and yeah. so helpful and such a good support function that right. giving somebody what is it at 14th level? I think it's a D10. Uh, yeah. Yes, Bardic Inspiration is a D10. So you're adding up to 10 of Inspiration points. Like, you're going you're gonna to succeed <laughs> at level well, 14. And it, it doubles your amount of times you can give Bardic Inspiration, right? So if, if your modifier is 5, you got 5 Bardic Inspiration that you can put out. But then you if you they succeed, you can just do it again, right? So you can add another one. So you're getting 10 up to 10 bardic inspirations in a combat. Now it is it is very specific, right? You can't give it to yourself. You have to give it to somebody else. So that kind of limits what they can do and, and it takes a some different your person. Yeah. But I think that's letting the other people be heroes, right? You're letting them have a greater chance of succeeding. You're letting them have a greater do greater damage, right? That infectious inspiration as right. it is called. I agree. Fully agree. Um and that that's kind of the end. That well not kind of, it is. There's there's nothing college wise after fourteenth level. Which so when you sent me this and I'm like, Oh, okay, so this is I mean, this is a pretty long character for two pages and a half or whatever. But then I'm like, Oh shit, both of them are on here. Um what? Like Bardic this Bard class, again, the College of Eloquence does it like you don't get a ton? Which okay, fine. Bard's pretty OP already, but mm-hmm. like this doesn't add a ton of flavor. This adds th- this adds a a safe bard. How about that? I I think that's a good way of putting it. It's like a, that that's a safe character, right? And 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 coming on the heels of that the aberrant mind right where we talked about the sorcerer so many thematic elements right you're glistening in, in armor and scales you're having tentacles pop out everywhere like that is like mind blowing stuff you see on the battlefield this i'm going to talk to you and convince you to do stuff like it, it's it's the same game but different right it, and there's a, there, there's definitely a spot for it in the right player in the right game i i could I see this being borderline evil character, being a con man, that maybe might be the worst. Maybe you know um, what is it like? Worm tongue in Lord of the Rings, right? Who's poisoning the king's mind? Like yeah. that. That could be this person. Um, yeah. Kind of like obviously you're not going to be able to do all right. This so that all right. So then, what if you make an NPC who's kind of working working the king working the the lord mayor of a town right he's he's you know you got to have bad guys that can do this stuff too right uh i i think that's kind of that's kind of a cool little spin you could put on it but so the cool maybe what do you what do you think about is this something do these become like dm tools you know with with all of these heroes right do these more subtle classes more subtle like colleges do they become a dm tool for dms to be like okay maybe i can work this twist it just a little bit and take this element take this element and now we've got this like cool thing that's happening 
Right. So on the player side of things, like I'm locked into my character, right? I'm I'm not going to have a chance to to see these things or to experience these things as a player. It would be kind of cool to see an aberrant mind sorcerer just pop up, you know, and get some of those things. See this uh, bard doing things that you've you've never um, you've never seen before uh, to this level. I mean, bards are charismatic, right? We get it. They could be persuasive, but this is like you're just doubling your percentage chances of, of succeeding with these things. But well, I'd like to ask podcast land, hit us up on Twitter, YouTube, leave a comment in the comment sections, Twitch chat. What do you guys think of this? Do you think it, it is a meh thing? Is there something that we're missing that you think will make this as interesting or like role play heavy as maybe the aberrant mind sorcerer that we covered last week or the lurker in the deep? Um, I mean, let us know because obviously we're yeah. not, we're two people who play every day or not every day, every week and we may be missing something. Yeah. I think on the surface, this does look meh, but y'all can't be again, knocked in, out of the park in the right hands, in the right game. I think you've got a solid character. You've got a solid class. That's going to treat you well because we're, for, we're not talking about the things that come after 14th level. You get your bardic inspiration gets an uptick. You get ability score improvements and magical secrets. So now you're pulling spells from other classes. Like, yeah, you got you got some stuff you can do. And I mean, by the level twenty, you know twenty two spells. That's nuts. You know, you could cast all the way up to ninth level. So you can do things. Uh, you can do things that nobody else can do. Um, so. <clears throat> I'm I'm okay with it. I'd like to see it in in somebody, uh, some capable role players' hands, and, and see how they spin it and what kind of character they uh, make with this. I'm 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 reserving my whether it needs to stay or go kind of comment. Um, That's fair. There's a spot for it right now, but like we said, that that was kind of short. I mean, we we spent an hour on aberrant mind, so I think we're gonna. Do you want to move to the paladin? I, I mean, it's final a few, thoughts on. I, I think, yeah, I think I'm ready to move on. Um, yeah, let's do. Okay. Let's do the paladin. It's short too, and then that way we just get them knocked out. Okay, so uh, paladins, you get your sacred oath at third level, much like you know your college uh, as a bard. So this is the oath of heroism. Heroism. Uh, hero. Heroism. Hero. 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 Heroism. Let's do that. The Oath of Heroism is an <laughs> affirmation of a destined path, one laid out for you by divine hands. For whatever reason, a god or a group of gods has included you in their machinations. You are not a reluctant hero, but one who fully embraces the idea that great deeds are yours to achieve. You train diligently, sculpting your body and refining your skills, so you are ready when destiny calls. I kind of had some chills. Um. Okay, I mean, I think I, I think I'm good. Um, the question is, isn't that most paladins? No, I mean, okay. Besides, like the fallen or what? What's the? Yeah, look at Alesta. So she is not that heroic paladin. You know, she's kind of a paladin of the people. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of the meek uh, protector. But this this is kind of like. Um, Mr. Incredible, right? From The Incredibles. Okay. Like, he wants the glory. He wants the action. He wants to do it. He has yeah. to be that person. And okay. so, watch Incredibles too, right? Um, he gets so jealous of his wife becoming the action hero, and he's oh, stuck at home. I haven't seen it. What? I haven't seen it yet. I know. It's so bad. Dude, there's like a, there's like a six-month break on spoilers. I just, I'm, I'm Anyways. Um... But, okay, I could see that. I mean, it, it's going to... I think this... So, right off the bat, I haven't read all the way through this yet. We're going to do it here in a second. I think this leads to... There's two real types of players at a table. There's the leaders, and then there's, like, the supporting cast. And mm -hmm. it, it's not a bad thing if you're either. Like, it's not a bad thing. I think if this is in a leader's hands, it can become overbearing. It can become annoying. Um, I think yeah. if it's in a supporting cast's hands... Yeah, I'm not sure it would hit the mark because the supporting cast is not going to like play it to that full 
degree, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to see the perfect player here that would, that this would be suited for them. But so they, they give you some, some tenets of heroism, uh, some kind of ways you should act, right. To help fulfill your calling as a hero worthy of legend. You believe that actions over words, you strive to be known by deeds, not words. Challenges are but tests. Every hardship serves a challenge, your abilities and harden your resolve. You embrace destiny. You didn't choose this path, but it's yours to walk, and it will carry you into legend. And you hone the body like raw stone. Your body must be worked so its potential could be realized. And I can see where some of these things, like if you embrace these, it might get a little overbearing. It might get a little like, whoa, dude, calm down. I get it. You're like, <laughs> you've been touched by God, and, and you, you want to do these things. Just go do your sit-ups. Well, but okay, so part of it is like it's based on how the person interprets it, right? So it's based on how somebody's going to interpret those tenets. If you read them at face value, there's no real teamwork in there. And <laughs> D&D is a collaborative game for the most part. I mean, mm -hmm. the new Essentials Kit, which if we did a review of that, does have a solo adventure or, right. you know, one-on-one, -on -one, if you will. Um, so there is that option. But this kind of becomes a like party of one type character and yeah i don't i don't know i feel like you almost you gotta have like that foil character right that the, the exact opposite the one that you can kind of bounce these ideas off of or like uh, these opposite feelings and, and kind of challenge each other i think that might work um, speaking of the essential skate and one-on-one -on -one play that might, that might be a good avenue for this but still, even in the in the one on one play, you have sidekicks and you have right. you know the DM gives you NPCs to to go along with you, so you're not truly by yourself. But I feel like this is going to be the person that rushes in. This is going to be the person that okay. like doesn't really think about like <laughs> the situation. Jenkins. Yeah, they're going to Leroy Jenkins the entire time, and it's going to be like, dude, uh -huh. let's look for traps. Okay. Let's do this shit. Let's you know. Yeah, I, I do. I have read ahead, so there are some some things ahead that will maybe alleviate some of that. All right, let's, let's so, move. So let's get into some stuff. So yeah. you get so spells like all the oaths. You get uh, access to some spells. So at third level, uh, you're going to get Expeditious Retreat and Guiding Bolt. Now, uh, Expeditious Retreat, did that I, I don't know that one off the top of my head, but does that cast on multiple people, or is that just a, a you thing? Good, you get good enhance ability at fifth level. I know that one you can cast on other people. So, so there we go. Maybe we're we're kind of breaking out of that the hero. So for this spell game. allows you to move at an incredible pace. Uh, okay, range right. ranges self. Okay, so that that again is kind of leading us to this. I'm the hero. I'm I'm moving through. So like but, okay, guiding bolt's really good. I, I feel like guiding bolt mm -hmm. is is a very strong third level. Uh, well, spell. It's not a third level spell. Um, you get it at third level. Enhance ability is really good. Enthrall is pretty good. Um, I mean, it's like a Haste? crowd crowd control. Haste is is awesome. Haste now, is awesome if you can um, keep your concentration. <laughs> it yeah, sucks if that gets dropped and you're stunned for a round. You know. Yeah. But. Um, protection from energy. Okay, cool. Compulsion. I I don't know if I've been thirteenth level enough to yeah, play with these spells. Yeah, we're kind of. Freedom of movement. Um, compulsion. Compulsion. But uh, creatures of your choice that you see within range and that you can hear must make a wisdom saving throw. A target automatically succeeds on the saving throw if it can't be charmed. On a failed save, this target is affected by the spell. Until the spell ends, you can use a bonus action on each of your turns to designate a direction that is a horizontal to you. Each affected creature must use as much of its movement as possible to move in that direction until its next turn. Okay. So, I mean, it's just like any other control spell. Okay. I mean, I, I like having access to other spells, right? You're getting things that you wouldn't normally get. Uh, some of these are great. Some of these... Okay. Uh, what else? So, it, you obviously have your channel divinity. You get some things here that no one else can do. Um, so, you get <laughs> peerless athlete. So... You can use your channel divinity to augment your athleticism with divine favor. As a bonus action, you gain advantage on strength or dexterity, uh, athletics or acrobatics for the next 10 minutes. So 
we're dipping into kind of like monk light territory, right? You're sure. gonna you're gonna be able to bounce off things. You're gonna be able to run through things uh, with greater ease, having that advantage. In ten minutes, that's combat wise. I mean, tell me a combat that lasts more than ten minutes. Uh, not oh, many. Yeah, sure. But so I mean, you're gonna be you know, in combat, combat. You're not. Yeah, you're not gonna use that too much. Um, the, I mean, the next one, Legendary Strike, you can use your channel Divinity as a bonus action to guide your attacks. For one minute, your weapon attacks score a critical hit on a 19 or 20. All right. It's pretty good. It's 10% of the time. I mean, 10% of the time, yeah, you're so going to get from it. Yeah, 5 to 10. Yeah. Um, I'll take it. And so how, how many channel Divinities do you get? I think you one. only get one, and then at 5th level, you get two. Yeah. So you don't get a you don't get a whole lot of these. Um so you got to kind of pick and choose, you know, where where are you going to do these? And we're still at third level, so relatively puny. Yeah, um, I would agree. Squishy. Uh so you get paladins, they get their extra attack at 5th level or of protection and then at 7th level we're going to pick up the mighty deed. I did that earlier today. Ooh. Not go in there. Sounds like uh, a point. Your, <laughs> your actions on the battlefield can supernaturally bolster your allies and demoralize your enemies. Whenever you score a critical hit or reduce a creature to zero hit points, you can choose one or more of the creatures that you can see within 30 feet of you, up to a number equal to your charisma modifier. Which, again, they're charisma-based spellcasters, so... You're looking at like a, probably a plus four-ish, yeah. depending on where you're stacking. Um, but three at the minimum. I, I don't know if you can I, go I would hope. But yeah. all the chosen creatures are affected by one of the following effects. So just like the bard, you get to kind of choose. You, you, you get something, but you're either going to help your allies or you're going to hurt your enemies. Um, the creature gains temporary hit points equal to 1d6 plus your charisma modifier. So if you're at a plus four... And you max out that D6, that's 10 temporary hit points to probably your whole party, right? If your yeah. charisma modifier's um, decent enough. So you're giving 10 hit points, or you can have the creature succeed on a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC. Or be, and frightened. be frightened. And be frightened until the start of your next turn. And you can't use it again until your next turn. So you, um, I, I mean, I kind, of, I kind of get where they're going with this. It's kind of like a self-righteous, also bullshit type thing. <laughs> in the fact that, like, look at me, like, I'm, you know... I have blessed you. Yeah, yeah and like, oh, you're so, you know, yeah. lucky to fight by me, you get ten extra hit points. Like, okay. Yeah. It, it's just kind of <laughs> douchey. <laughs> like, it, 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 it kind is not fair is, to say. <laughs> and, and I don't think it matches our play style. I, I think yeah. this this would be kind of an annoying player at the table. Yes, like done done poorly. This would be an annoying player at the table. Now, if this player, okay, so to be fair, in, in our game we are seventy percent role play, thirty percent combat. In a game that's flip flopped, seventy percent combat, thirty percent role play. Sure, this player is probably great. It's going to be the right. player that is kind of a butt kicker, right? Mm -hmm. Cool, like. That may be the application for this class. Yeah. So I, I'm think so critical hit, so that's five percent of your attacks, roughly. Or when you drop a creature to zero. So that that's not very often right. I think this is gonna happen. So at a level seven But you use your channel divinity, now it's ten percent. Okay, so if, yeah, if you've used your channel divinity, give you that improved critical all right, now we're at ten percent, but still, this looks like—I mean, I'm not going to get—I I feel like I wouldn't get to use this very often. Um, Whereas, like with the aberrant mind, like some of those class skills yeah. that you get are ridiculous. This yeah. is kind of like okay, cool. This may happen. Like, this may yeah, not happen. Kind of underwhelming. These other things are going to happen because, like, it's a skill that I can do. Yeah. But going going back to your idea of the, maybe this being uh, an annoying kind of player, I think I would want to approach this as yes, I have all of these like I'm touched by God. I I have I'm gonna just being in my aura. You're gonna get these boons. But I think you still have to 
I would create like a humbled kind of character, someone that is maybe struggling with that mighty power and and doesn't quite know how to use it or doesn't really believe in himself and 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 he right. gives all the attribute to to the gods. That's maybe how I would balance this out so you're not that maybe constantly striving striving to be better type character. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the, I see that. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I would go um because yeah, I don't want to be that annoying <laughs> player. But anyway. So glorious defense comes at 15th level. And this is Nope, you get a level 20 boob too. Okay, so 15th level, your blessed glory on the battlefield can misdirect an attack. When a creature you can see hits you with an attack roll, you can use your reaction to gain a bonus to AC against that attack, potentially causing it to miss you. The bonus equals your charisma modifier plus one. Oh, minimum of plus one. Uh, if the attack misses, you can make one weapon attack against the attacker as part of this reaction. So it's almost so, like a, a repost from a fighter. Yeah, yeah. So you get to add your AC to your AC equal to your charisma modifier. So if we're at four or five at this point because we're level 15th, I think we got an ability score improvement. Yes, we did at 12. So maybe we're at plus five. That's going to be a plus five to AC. So if you're sitting in plate with a shield, you could have like 24... And and there's no cooldown on that other than a reaction. So it's once right. per turn. You can okay. I mean that that's pretty op. Again in like a combat heavy. Right. You're not gonna get hit but, very often. But but I think we're we're kind of we're kind of upswinging the abilities here. Like we were kind of meh. And yeah. Now we're I think we're picking up a little bit because that's pretty good. There's just a reaction. That's all it costs. Sure, I agree. I would use my reaction all the time on that. <laughs> um, but if the attack misses, you can make a weapon attack. So, so, so there you go. You've just boosted your AC. It's going to be hard to hit me, and I get to attack. Yeah, I mean, I like that. Uh, it, it's it's like one of the fighter skills too, which is like base fighter skills. Yeah, I, I think so. In the, uh... So I was thinking, you pick. So you get to pick a a fighting style early as a paladin, right? So you can take defense, yeah. and it gives you a one, plus one bonus to your AC. So you're looking, you can get up to 26 real quick AC, I think. Uh, man, ain't nothing going to hit you. <laughs> All right, so at level 20, we are now the man, the myth, the legend. This is called Living Myth. Oh, man, that's kind of big shoes to fill. You can now empower yourself with the legends whether true or exaggerated told of your great deeds as a bonus action you gain the following benefits for 10 minutes so you gain all of these you gain the yeah you get all three of these for 10 minutes you're blessed with otherworldly comeliness comeliness is that yeah I, it should it be comeliness no comeliness Comely. gaining advantage on charisma checks what the? yeah i don't that sounds weird to me but uh, so you get advantage on charisma checks for 10 minutes. Once on each of your turns, when you make a weapon attack and miss, <laughs> so, you can just hit. Just so you know that word, I, I'm i sorry, I may be dumb. Comeliness is pleasing and wholesome in appearance, attractive. Okay, alright. <laughs> okay. It's one that's not used very very often. Is it It's opposite of homely? Sure, yeah. Would that be opposite of homely? Okay, so... If you miss an attack, you can hit. Or if you fail a saving throw, you can succeed and you can use it. You can't use it again until you finish a long rest. So that's a lot, like a lot of the legendary actions on legendary creatures. So a Sarak, yeah. if he fails a saving throw, you can you can just <laughs> succeed. Uh, fuck it, I don't care. I'm a Sarak. But again, we're level 20. We're kind of like you are next to godliness at this point. Uh, everybody knows. Everybody knows your name. And um, like, to be fair, everybody's kind of a living myth at level twenty in, in how you should yeah. think about your character. Like, if the world should know you, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're already okay. that myth. You can retire, and people will come and visit you and want autographs. But you get one per long rest as a bonus action. Ten minutes. That's going to be most combats again. That's kind. Of, I mean, that's a guaranteed hit. 
I like it. I think. So, I, I mean, you, you I guarantee like glorious defense better, but you guarantee hit with some of like, you, you know, your other like divine strike, uh, you know, other paladin abilities. That's pretty cool. It was kind of, I mean, to kind of put a cap on these two is kind of they're kind of hard to read after the previous two that we did. I think those two had a lot going for them. They had thematic elements. They had you know some abilities. They had things for you to grab onto as a role player and go many different directions. Yeah. I think both of these are very you got to be the right person, you got to be in the right game for them to be uh functional and and worth it. Um I don't I don't think they're throw away completely. I think there's some things there that maybe need molded and and this is where that playtesting comes yeah. in, right? So if you're again if you're in podcast land, if you're in YouTube, if you're in Twitch right now, Tell us what you guys think. Play test this. See what you think. Prove us wrong because I feel, and this is a feeling that I have as a person, that these aren't like meta defining, right? I feel like Aberrant Mind or Lurker in the Deep can be one of those characters that like is the new thing. Like it is, it is, yeah. could be broken. You could do these things. Like, whereas this is kind of like, hmm, I mean, it's cool. You could, you could yeah. do some fun stuff. And again, Chris, this may just be the difference in playstyle between us and like what combat this heavy is people. Meant for. Yeah, yeah. So this could just not be up our alley, and we're not seeing it. Yeah, yeah. I think, especially with the bard, it's a solid kind of safe character. Uh, you can do some things right with the paladin. I think it's going to have the tendency to go in a look at me kind of way that might get old. But I think in the right hands in the right game, you're looking at a at a paladin that that is functional. Um, again, I I've never played a paladin, so I don't I don't know enough of the other oaths to be like where this sits in the pantheon of of yeah. oaths. You know, I so I can't comment on that too much. I didn't do my research. Sorry. Son but, of uh, a bitch. Son of a bitch. But going to like this this influx of new subclasses i i have a hard time juggling oh bright new shiny things versus i still have a whole bunch over here um so i don't know if these are how i feel about all of these yet i i'm glad they're there yeah. i'll get to them eventually um yeah i mean we'll it's see. it's i i think as much as we kind of dogged on these two it's good to have depth. It's good to, to have new shiny. It's good to have yep. things that haven't been tried before. And it keeps it fresh. So if we played the same raw characters every time, it get kind of boring. Like, I get it. Not everyone's going to be this amazing thing. It's not going to be this game breaker. But yeah. these definitely aren't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and time will tell. Like, let's see, let's see what kind of... Um review process, editing processes go through, and ultimately we posed this question last time, what book is this going to end up in? We have six new subclasses. I'm hoping we're getting a, a Xanathar As, Guide to Everything type book yes. where we get a, a, a nice in, in one package we get a new supplement. subclasses for all like yeah, new supplements. Because yeah. I feel like when you put supplements in a module... It, it, I it, hate that. It, it is the worst because I, I want supplements to be outside of the module. I don't want to buy yes. a module that I'm never going to yes. play. Right. Just to get three little this. tiny little pieces in D&D yeah. Beyond, right? A couple new spells, couple magic items. No. Give me the Xanathar's Guide to Everything. I'll buy that. Yeah. Wizards, I know you're listening. <laughs> you're wizards. <laughs> you're a wizard. wizard. <laughs> um, I... I are we we good? We I think good? That, yeah, I think I'm. I'm kind of in a bad mood too now because Jules, of this. We good? Uh, yeah, <laughs> because of this. Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> I've just ruined my day. <laughs> I'm kidding, everybody. I don't think so. I think this is a, a. It's. I'd like. If I didn't do the show, I wouldn't read through this stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm glad I'm doing this because I get to read through it and I get to process information uh, before, beforehand, right? I, so I know it's out there now. 
So I know what I'm missing if I don't use it. Um, so I'm, I'm glad I, I read through these. I'm glad they're there. Let's see the edit come through. So that's my, my call to action here is uh, play through these. Somebody play in a one shot or whatever. Uh, put them in your campaign and, and see how they work out. And do those surveys on, on the Dungeons & Dragons website. Give them the, your honest feedback. I think that's the only way we get the best yeah. stuff right, is uh, when you give your honest feedback. So do that, and we'll see how it goes. Um, I'm good with that. There we are. Yeah. Call to action, everybody. Uh, with that being said, I think we're good to wrap up. Thank you, everybody, in chat tonight, uh, throwing stuff our way. We like bouncing ideas off you guys as well, guys and girls. Uh, again, we're Featherfall Tabletop. You can catch us Tuesday nights uh, with the gods we know. Still trying to figure out all this new programming. Gods We Know, homebrew, uh, brand new campaign, session one coming, not this coming Tuesday, but the next Tuesday. If I was really cool, I'd have dates the for you. The 8th, 8th. Uh, that would be October 8th, spoopy time. Uh, October 8th, session one for the Gods We Know. Uh, look for us next Wednesday. We are going to have some new, uh, I don't want to call it Waterdeep anymore. Can we say Although the name? Or do we settle on the name? Did we settle on... I, I'm afraid. I really like I it. Think, I think the name we're floating... We'll say the name we're floating. Do it. Do it. It's the Ghosts of the Past. Ghosts of the Past. We're moving away from Dragon Heist and into the Ghosts of the Past. Working title. Could be Could, be could change. Could change. But we'll see. It fits thematically into our into where it the does. story's going to go. It does. And that'll be on October 2nd, uh, 6 o'clock Pacific time. 8 o'clock central. Uh, you can find us every Thursday here doing Table Talk, where we break down D&D uh, &D news and RPG news, anything that's kind of out there. Pop culture. Uh, we got some DMs Guild stuff we might look at coming up. Some, well, uh, so I'm saying next time, so we're, we're done with Unearthed Arcana. Next oh, time, yeah. we're going to review Waterdeep, and I'm going yes. to need a spit bucket <laughs> for this um, shit. Yeah, we need. Yeah, so we will review, do a end of module review for uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist next week. All things considered, shake my um, fist at you next Thursday. Uh, that's kind of good to kind of unload and get things off our chest. I mean, <laughs> it, it's art. All art is up for criti criticism, so we have some stuff. I think there's some stuff good too, but we'll save it for next Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, <laughs> that's us. BB Nat, I probably will. I'm sorry. <laughs> just literally rip it. I um, threw it last time. I just, I hucked it. I'm going to burn it later in an effigy. And then I'm going to post it and tag the wizards that are yeah. listening right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's sign off. Yep. Featherfall Tabletop. Thanks for hanging out, everybody in the chat. We'll uh, see you Tuesday. It. No, Wednesday. Sorry. Wednesday, no, Tuesday. not this Tuesday. I fucked it up. Yeah. I, yeah. All right, see you guys. I'm just fading away. Bye.